Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And we're wrapping up the National Football League and the Super Bowl, which took place last weekend in glorious Los Angeles, with Los Angeles Rams probably creating a Hollywood script at the end to deny the gutsy Cincinnati Bengals. I have Danny O'Brien and Simon Stokes with me. Lads, how are things? Evening. Good, Mark. How are things? Very good, very good. Uh, I'm just recovered. I'll admit I was up until four, half four, eulogising Matt Stafford and uh, Mr. Cup uh, on Twitter. But uh, what was your general feelings of the game, guys? Uh, I can't but feel a little bit sorry for Cincinnati that they got very, so close, but yet so far. Uh, Daniel, I might start with yourself. It's a bit of a weird game. I don't know what the rest of you thought, especially kind of the... I was go- like even into the second quarter and how easily the Rams, when they got their second touchdown, I was going, oh, this could be a, this could be any score in the Rams. And then the Bengals coming back. And then all of a sudden it was like Odell Beckham's injury really did put the kibosh on a lot of what the Rams, I think, had planned and had set up. And uh, him going off kind of changed things around for them. And it was nuts. You're looking at the Bengals going, it's destiny with the way the third quarter started. But, fair, I mean, credit to both defenses, especially the Rams defense. They really did shut them down. And, like, Burrow will not have fond memories of this Super Bowl. And I think he created a record. He's the most sacked. Was he the most sacked quarterback in postseason history? I mean, he's even you could see kind of he was the he was the image of dejection leaving their 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 locker room as well afterwards. But like it's, I mean the Rams like even beforehand and I, I was it was nice to actually get a prediction right. I'd said that the Rams front was going to really put a number on the um on the Bengals offensive line and it proved to be the case. It was the crucial thing and. Being honest, I got that opinion and insight from... I learned my lesson from last year's Super Bowl, where even if you're a quarterback as good as Patrick Mahomes, if you're running for your life, there's not much you're going to be able to do. And it happened this year again. Do you know, I, I suppose I'd agree with Danny there. Um, it was a funny game. Like, even when Cincinnati were kind of up their few points and, and, and LA had to come back, I don't know, I always just felt that the Rams would have too much eventually. Um a bit maybe similar to the game that they played against the 49ers. You know, you'd, I just, you'd have this feeling that they were going to come back. Um, I, it, you know, one take that I took from the game throughout, I thought both head coaches, I don't know, did either of them call fantastic games? Like, to me, they looked like two lads that didn't want to lose the game rather than, you know, rather than wanting to win the game. Um, like, I, I was getting sick for a finish up with McVeigh and he running the ball and it getting nowhere. Mm. Um, and running down alleyways and get going over at all. And, you know, even Zach Taylor, I think, let's say they got their touchdown after half time. So things were going for them. They got their interception straight away after it. And it was almost as if he went into a ball with his play calling. Um, do you know, I don't know. This, like, it's tough to get to the Super Bowl. It's tough to win a Super Bowl. Um, I, I wonder if Zach Taylor will look back on some of the, the play calling he did, you know, in the second half of that game and wonder. Do you know what could have been? Yeah, certainly. I think Cincinnati Bengals have to be given huge credit defensively. I mean, you're tallying up the numbers here, 43 yards on the ground for the LA Rams during the game. And we kind of mentioned it during the previous show that we thought this LA Rams team would be so well balanced that they would take this on the ground. They could go the air. But I would be with you, Simon, here. It looked like two head coaches that didn't want to kind of lose the game, which was a bit, I don't know, certain parts of that first half were very kind of mediocre. It did certainly kind of get exciting towards the second half of this match. But I don't know, it, a bit of nerves. I don't know, LA Rams being at home, a bit more pressure. I don't know, Danny, what did you feel uh, regarding the Rams? It kind of, they looked very tentative, I thought. Because it is the Super Bowl and you get the mm. feeling, I mean, if you go through the last couple of years, even like there's always, there's been very, like oh, you, have the, you have the Patriots, Falcons that collapse, but you have very few kind of vintage, when it comes to finals, it's rare for it. Like you, we're never going to get a, like a Bills Chiefs type game in a Super Bowl because there's just too much at stake. And it's like just given because it is a Super Bowl and like with what was the, the pressure that was on, like even with McVeigh, like he was, like you could get the feeling with him as well, kind of he was realizing we cannot, like the, the pressure was starting to build on both sides. And like with the Rams, the, for them to have actually got to the get that touchdown towards the end, like, the, but you can see there was like, I mean, it's pressure. It is a pressure situation. It's the biggest, like, if you're looking at a single sporting event, the only thing that comes close is the World Cup final. And like, even World Cup finals, they're never vintage games either. Like, all that matters isn't how you win it, all that matters is you win. And you could get that definitely came across for both. Granted, the Bengals' second touchdown should never have been allowed. How the, like, there's a, there's a, if anything, the biggest 
backlash there has been from this game is the officiating because even the yeah. the Rams go, game winning touchdown was a pretty dubious holding call but the I mean the Bengal how the hell was Ramsey not how did he not get it that was it was a horrendous call by the officiating team because he clearly like he was grabbed by the face mask and that even resulted in losing balance it was I mean for it to be decided on something like that's also a little bit annoying it was weird like yeah it was just maybe it was just because the playoffs had been so good up to now to for this for this to have matched them it was going to be an anti-climax I think regardless but I think at the end of it the Rams were the deserved winners and for Donald to potentially be his last game play in the NFL for him to be the person who much like the uh, NFC championship game for him to be the person who decides it in the end is is rather fitting from that point of view oh absolutely and I mean, sorry, you can come in here. I think defensive, defensively for LA, they were absolutely outstanding. I thought, you know, and I mean, Aaron Donald, superb, Von Miller, but I think as a unit, look, poor Joe Burrow, look, as you said, uh, Danny had started this podcast, the figure of dejection come mm. the end of that game. I mean, he had more than two seconds to make a decision to throw that football away because he was constantly looking over his shoulder left and right for an incoming LA Rams uh, defender to come and pounce at him. It was a disappointing display from the offensive line of Cincinnati, but I suppose we have to give huge credit to the LA Rams in terms of how they executed on the deck. Yeah, I'd agree, uh, Mark. Like, the, do you know the thing with the thing with that Cincinnati offensive line? Do you know they held out all right in the first half. Uh, do you know they were like they, they weren't doing too bad. Um, but, uh, like I suppose again, go back to the San Francisco game. Do you know that that LA Rams um, defense? It you know, kind of grows and grows and grows as the game goes on. It, it, it almost appears like they, that they nearly have more energy at the end of the game than the start. Um, like, do, do you know, if you take that last um, sequence of play, like, I, do you know, I, I, I was fully expecting when Cincinnati got that ball back, two timeouts at about a minute and 40 seconds. I, I was expecting him to get up the field um, and push, um, put McPherson in, in a reasonable position. And do you know what? When, do you know they had their that bit of a play this um Jamar Chase up on the left hand side? Do you know he got a bit of a turn on um Ramsey, got off the field. Like they were in great field position. Do you know they they threw like do you know some I feel like that's um he's been mentioned on and off, but maybe not an awful lot was Eric Weddle. He made a play in in that last sequence that do you know they're all talking about Aaron Donald. If you look at it, um Burroughs throwing the ball. Um, an easy enough pass on the slant to, to Tyler Boyd. Boyd makes eight and a half yards. He gets up to was it about the forty-eight yard line or something like that. Was would have been an easy first down. Or Nick Weddle, who's gone around for three quarters with a torn pick, uh, make makes this lace out, makes his uh, tackle. That all of a sudden Cincinnati were under pressure. Like I, I watching it, I wondered why they didn't take a timeout and just regroup things because the very next play. Um, you might remember Burrow threw this ball down the sideline. He wasn't on the same page with um, with Chase. Um, he held up, you know, so he stopped his run. Burrow's after throwing it long. Um, all of a sudden, the, like they have forty seconds left, and the, I, for the life of me, I do not know why they get the ball to Pirine to um, to run it on on that third and one and a half. Just didn't make sense to me. If they were going to run it, I'd be giving it to Mixon. And then, then you have Donald making the sack or making effectively making the sack in the last play. But do you know there was a corner out there, and uh, he was lined up with um, the tight end Yasuma, and he made a ridiculous play. He almost left Yasuma out. Uh, T Higgins was coming in behind him. If T Higgins caught that ball, it would have been a first down. It would have been in nearly field goal position for McPherson. But in with that, that the corner did a job on him. That hit made Borough hold the ball for that second too long. Donald's on top of him, then, so it's all over, do you know? But, like, it stores it. Like, Donald gets the headlines for being, and then, look, in fairness, he had a great game. He gets the headlines for making that that big play at the end. But that corner, who I don't even know his name on the outside, did a job there on, on T. Higgins that, like, he catched that ball. It could have gone for a touchdown, um, do you know? But I, I, I don't know. I, going back to it, I think Zach Taylor made some, like, some of the plays that he called finishing up that game, I, I just can't understand them. Um, like that third and one and a half to give it to Piran. I just, I for the life of me, I can't figure why he would have done it. And the fact that he threw the ball in fourth and, and fourth or went about throwing the ball in fourth and one after, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like he was gaining nothing by running that ball in third and one. He might have gotten his first down. Sure, he had to use it. He had to use a timeout anyway, and he was still out of field goal range. Do you know? 
I don't know that he panicked. Like I, as I said, I was sitting at home watching it. I was fully expecting this to go to um, to go to overtime. One fellow we haven't mentioned, Van Miller had a great game. Super. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, got his two. Like Van Miller's going to be going into the Hall of Fame at some stage. Got his second Super Bowl ring. He's up to four and a half sacks in Super Bowls now, which I think is tied joint um, leader for sacks in the Super Bowl. What an what an acquisition he was in the middle of the season, really, wasn't it? It was a great great addition to that team. Oh mm. like the Rams did. They they went out. They got him. They got Beckham. And like Beckham, you could say you had Beckham. If Beckham like his injury, it's a pretty it's a it's a pretty horrendous one for him to be getting to. But had he not been injured, I think yeah, the Rams would have just eased, walked away with it because they were they had the Bengals they they had their corners their safeties under all sorts of pressure because they didn't know who to cover. Was it going to be Cup who ended up being MVP or Beckham? They just they had two or three threats that they could pass to easily. Yeah, just kind of balance out between them. Beckham's injuries where things really started to. It was like the Rams started going, uh-oh, now we're in a little bit of trouble because so much so much got weighed on Cup. But again, Cup, like, he deservedly was MVP. I know people were mentioning, well, he should, or like, did Donald earn the chances? Like, he, like he, he had a good game, but Cup's the guy who got the two touchdowns and he got the winning touchdown in the end. And generally, it's the offensive side that is going to weigh that up. But, I mean, even what was they mentioned with Donald, he's now... He was rookie defensive player of the year. He's been a multiple defensive player of the year. He's a five-time Pro Bowler. He's a Super Bowl winner. Only Lawrence Taylor has done that in his career. And like they were trying to compare the two of them. But like Donald, maybe not all time, but he's definitely up there as just one of the best defenders. He's the best defender of this generation, it's safe to say. Definitely. And you know, just going on your point about Beckham, uh, Denny, I, I, like with Higby out, I'd say that more than half of the playbook was, was probably Beckham ball to Beckham. Do you know they knew that Cooper Cup was going to get an awful lot of attention. So like I, I'd say that there were there was an awful lot of plays that were going to be going directly through Beckham. Mm-hmm. The very minute Beckham went down, I like McVeigh panicked. Like the run game it was like oh, it was going nowhere. I saw a reaction was that um it was like Cleveland Browns fans when Beckham got the touchdown they were just like <laughs> like it was just totally just the fact he scored more touchdowns in the in the handful of games that he had with the Rams yeah. and like you're looking at, at Cleveland and like when people say in Cleveland the Browns are going to Brown they they did they're they're after they're, they've gone they've one season okay but now they're kind of going back into that mold too and they got a ton of questions but I mean it was for what he's been through and the fact that kind of he now it's an ACL tear how he's going to be like being like for wide receiver to go back after that kind of an injury yeah it's just. He's got the ring, and from what they're saying, he could sign, re-sign with the Rams at a reduced rate again. Like they could just perk up his contract, like they did this time around. But for him to win it is, it's great. But God, the future for him is very uncertain because it's such an, it's such an unfortunate injury to get for such, for his position in particular. I think he got seven hundred and fifty grand for for half his season, Danny, with the Rams. So he he signed for reasonably cheap money, you know. The bonuses, um, I think he was got like a million nearly per, per postseason or in the the, the playoff games. I think it was a million he was getting per game. So that's where oh they had it very much incentivized for him to play as he did. I think I think he got the seven hundred and fifty grand in Bitcoin as well. So it's half a ton. <laughs> uh, we just checked so, there. It's now worth seventy five cent. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fluctuates with the market, there, guys. So yeah, um, but uh, no interesting points. Just want to go on to Matthew Stafford, guys, quarterback for the LA Rams. I think fair to say, you know, he had the highs and lows, but my God, when he had to produce it, <laughs> he produced it in spades. I mean, mm. you know, they did have to get Cooper Cup into the game. The drive previous to their game-winning drive, ultimately, Stafford looked to vary the game and wasn't getting anything from the other offensive attacking line units. But in fairness to Stafford and to Cooper Cup, my God, that was a final drive. A final drive, really mm. a very memorable one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Danny, your thoughts? Oh, I mean, it's like you could say with Stafford, there was questions throughout the entire year around how. I'm granted, I remember like it was first game, first drive, he threw straight for a touchdown. You're going, oh, this is looking well. There was just those questions around him the whole time through. But I mean, he's he's justified it now. He's was it they did the joke. He was 12 years in Detroit and he has as many Super Bowls now as Aaron Rodgers. Um, but in the the year that he's been with the Rams, he I mean he's he's court he he's got he's guided them too. He 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 was brought in for a job. He's done the job. He's got the ring. 
there's not much like he, there, there's not much more he, he could do from that point of view. And like he'd steered them through, especially with the Buccaneers. I mean, he steered them through that game very well. And as you said, the final drive tonight or for for that game as well. I mean, Cooper Cup that he said has a wide receiver ever had a year like he has. He was just just incredible. Just they've had they had the combination of just several players were just able to reach their peak. But like. The Rams went out, made that trade, got Stafford in, got rid of Goff. They brought him in because they wanted to win. They win. Case closed. I, as I've been saying for the last few weeks, I, you know, I, I, I've always liked Stafford. I think he's very tough. Um, you know, when he was at when he was at Detroit, like, you know, fair enough, he had Calvin Johnson, but you know, for a lot of years there, he was trying to fairly muck. Fairly, yeah, muck. Um, but um, no, I, th- I think he's tough. Um, like even the other night, you know, I don't know. There's an awful lot of negativity he gets. You know, even on Twitter and stuff, people saying Stafford has been Stafford when he threw the interception. The interception he threw in the first half was effectively a punt. You know, like it was, it was a third and whatever. He was like, if he doesn't pick up his first down, they're going to punt it back to them anyway. So there was no, there was no issue with it. And the second interception was just bad luck. It was probably yeah, bad. Yeah, that that wasn't on him. No, it wasn't on him. No, certainly not. That was bad. Look, do you know what that was, Danny? That was a ball that Odell Beckham would have caught if he was on the field, do you know? Probably a play that was designed for Odell Beckham, but just he was off injured. No, I I, I, I've time for Stafford. I think he's very good. There's probably question marks over a lot of these fellas when they call it quits. Like, Stafford is, what, 12, 13 years in? Do you know, he's like a fella. No, I know he'll get paid if he plays on for another year or two, but, like, it, he's after reaching the, the heights now where he wanted to go. It's it's debatable whether or not he'll come back. Like a yeah, fantastic player, I, as I said, I've great time for him. Um, I, like there was never any question. He has the arm, you know. He can make, you know, that the, the pass he made cup there in the last drive the other night. You know, I watched the video on YouTube. Uh, it was been yesterday on it, and it was it was a no look pass. You know, cup is running past him. He's looking one way. He's throwing the ball the other way, and it's getting the cups in. You know, unbelievably talented player, and like you know. I, uh, like it says a lot about him that they were, you know, you were saying the last night, Danny, about the the viewers uh, or the viewership over in um, Detroit for for their their previous game. Like I I'd say there isn't anyone in Detroit that has a bad word to be said about the fella. No, I mean you you spent twelve years in Detroit in that mess, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you you deserve everything you get from there. But it's like I think even the discussion, like when I mentioned about say the future for the players, like with Donald, even that there's rumors around that he could retire, and there's like people going seriously. There's this could the, the rumor in around that like this could be a big like we're talking about transitions for teams. Like if if it if Donald does decide right, I'm he's, if he's going to finish at the top, if he retires, like. That team's going to go through, and they're like, will I mean, will McVeigh even stay? Like Miller, will he stay? Stafford, is he going? Like, we could see a huge transition through this team if, for example, like if, if Donald does. Granted, I think Donald he has three more years and twenty-two million per year to earn on that contract, so that might stop him. But there's that's the great thing with this offseason. There's so many questions for so many teams. We're not going to be bored. Yeah, well, I don't know if we want to go through that, guys. The free agency, particularly LA Rams, like I mean. As you kind of alluded to, Danny, in previous podcasts, you know, the, the strategy of LA Rams is go win now. I mean, they will have quite a few um, big marquee guys um, to literally kind of decide their futures, really. And uh, I don't know, Simon, if you have any kind of thoughts on that in terms of anyone that you think. But it's LA as well. Nice part of the world, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the 70s. You know, it's not like you're in Green Bay or New England in December or whatever, you know, trudging up, you know, for playoff push, you know. So uh, I wonder, you know, retaining a Super Bowl, would that kind of entice a few guys to stay on one more year? Going on what you were saying there, Danny, like the Sean McVay question is an interesting enough one, really. Like, do you know what is this? 35 or 36 now, is it? He's, he's going to be in a position now where, like, they are going to, they're not going to be able to pay everyone. Um, they could be looking at multiple retirements. They basically don't have a first-round draft pick for a couple of years. Like, the Sean McVay one is interesting. Do you know, like, his legacy now is made. He'll get a job anywhere he wants to go, probably in college. And he can go back to... Like, do you remember McVay when he came into... Or went to the Rams day one? And do you remember he was... Do you know, Goff looked like a superstar with some of the plays he was making. I think the, the Super Bowl... Our Super Bowl loss to the Patriots a couple of years back made McVay kind of, I suppose, look at the schemes that he was, he was planning and kind of... He went a bit into himself, you know, from the point of view of, you know, he was a lot more careful in what in what he was uh, what he was calling. I wonder, like McVeigh is getting married now over the summer and things like that. Like, is he a kind of fella that could go to college? I don't know. 
Like, it's, you know, you can get you can get a college job there and spend the next 20 years. And like, if you if you go to a good enough college, it's like having 10 first round picks every year. And it's uh, a problem he has too. kind of be like he's that young and he's won a Super Bowl. It's like for, for, for a lot of them, like that's the peak. And like you mentioned, if he does end up going to college, uh, I mean, he could get it. And it's, I think it's one of the most insane things with college football in particular, that that coaches can get like 10 year contracts. The contract could be rescinded after three years, but they're guaranteed all that. Like was it, I heard half a billion is currently being paid out to coaches across all the different collegiate sports from contracts that had to be terminated because they were fired. It's insane from that. But oh, yeah, but I mean, he can. It's just, there's been talk or discussion around. I mean, he's been around the Rams now for four years two Super Bowls in that time that's a pretty that's pretty good going but like you like he might even kind of go like the I mean you win a Super Bowl the only way is down from here because I don't think the Rams are going to be they're not going to be able to do what the Bucs did last year they kind of retool and just go back at it as is there is going to be just change and flux in there and it's just it's it's the model they've taken but I mean two Super Bowls in four years and winning one of them although I can imagine I think I mentioned before Arsenal fans must have been delighted to see Kroenke lifting up the, the Vince Lombardi and just being like ah oh, you're 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 investing in that team and you're you want them to win that that's lovely and just go granted they have to I think they had to pay St Louis 750 the them and the NFL had to pay St um, St Louis 750 million for relocating so yeah, it was. But I mean, he doubled. Once you go to LA, he just triples, quadruples the value of, of the franchise straight away there. So it's <laughs> that's probably the biggest downer of the whole thing. Seeing somebody like Kroenke winning in the end for doing what he did to St. Louis. I I, sp- I suppose a major like I suppose almost their business model in trying to win there at that Super Bowl. You know, they moved to the new stadium a few years ago. It's made uh, it's made Inglewood relevant in the in the Los Angeles market almost. You know. Do you know, even though the Chargers obviously didn't make the playoffs this year, I think they'd be reasonably happy with the results. Do you know, it's making that area, it's making football relevant in LA again. Do you know, it's 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 trying to like, there's so much distraction, there's so much other thing going on in that market. It's uh, and you know you have decent enough uh, basketball teams and even other sports in the area. At least now you're looking at a situation where Inglewood is relevant in the in greater scheme of things in that area. Do you know, I yeah, I don't know, you just. I see there Kevin O'Connell, the, the Vikings signed him today. You know, he was the offensive coordinator. No, I know, look, McVay is calling the offense, whatever. But, you know, McVay even said it in his, in his post-game interview that he was going to lose some of these coaches over the next few days that he knew was going to happen, that they'd be getting promotions. But, um, yeah, you like like with all these great teams, you know, they fall apart at some stage. I think LA, the whole, system, the whole thing will be accelerated because of just the business model that they have. But they've won their Super Bowl. As I said, they've made Inglewood relevant. Do you know they, they won't mind if they if, if they're not you know competitive for the next whatever many years? Like they'll still probably be reasonably competitive next year if they can hold on to a couple of their vets. But you know, I'd say that they, they they won't be they won't be devastated if they, you know if they're not a playoff team for you know the next seven or eight nine years. I think the most interesting legacy from the Rams win could be will other teams look at what they have how they've used their drafts and how they've used their picks. And like you said, just kind of mortgage the future for now and use those picks to get in proven tested rather than hopefully potentially getting in. Because like the, the fact even that Burrow would have been the first quarterback to win a national uh, Heisman and a Super Bowl kind of shows you how how many things need to go in a line for it. And it's just like the fact that Cam Newton was the only one who came close to it. I wonder will other teams look at what they how they use their draft capital and will they go, screw this, we might get a good player in the future, but what, rather than potentially getting somebody, why don't we go for an Aaron Rodgers or for a, for, for, for a top caliber quarterback or wide receiver or those key areas? And I think even like... Um, with even us briefly even with Cincinnati the one thing I take away from it is they need to basically break the bank they need to get the biggest meanest and toughest offensive line that money can buy because Burrow is the future of that franchise but if he has another two or th- if he has another year of the way things are at the moment he's not going to last very long so they need to get in security for him from that point of view because otherwise they're going to lose at the greatest asset and it could be another 30 years before they get back to another Super Bowl 100% agree with you, Danny. Um, like, uh, you know, in a, an awful lot of talk after the game, the last night was Cincinnati had this great quarterback, this great receiver. They'll be back. They'll be, they'll win ones in the future. I, I, they're, 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 they're in the AFC. 
They're in the yeah in the AFC North where teams tend to have pretty good defenses that will target your particular players as well. So da- Danny's flashing a Pittsburgh Steelers uh, um, uh, jersey a, here as he said a, that so. a notable TJ Watt Defensive Player of the Year Pittsburgh Steelers jersey as well. No, like there's just gonna there are going to be linebackers there's going to be edge rushers who are going to make mincemeat of their of, uh, offensive line just on a regular basis and. I mean, that's that's the thing with the AFC North. It is the most probably attritional of any division out there. I mean, if he's going to be have that line in front of him, he's going to be running constantly. I mean, he's not going to be around for very long if they don't do something. No, he's not. And like even even with that, they still have to go through Mahomes. They still have to go through Josh Allen. Do you know, they, like there's like um, Lawrence. Is, you know, you never like if you look at the model of how say. Uh, the Rams have won this year, and to lesser extent last year, because like that, that, that um, Buccaneers team was absolutely full of bets on small money contracts to win a ring. If you, if, if Jacksonville go away, and if they say to themselves, right, we have our quarterback here, if we can get our ducks in a row here, we have every chance, you know, and, and pay a couple of fellas. But Jacksonville have decent money or cap space again next year, I think. If they can pay a, co- a couple of fellas, like there's no reason why they can't go. Deep in some or deep in his, or into the playoffs in a couple of years' time as well. I I I like I I'd say like Cincinnati now have about sixty million in cap space. Now the only thing is Borough has to be paid. I don't know if it's this year or next year. But next, Burrow, year. next year. Next year. Let's. I'm going to assume Borough is going to be in the twenty-five to thirty million bracket to pay him. So that still leaves you with probably like they probably have thirty million in a general year of money to be kind of playing around with, assuming the cap space doesn't go up. So, like, you can get a decent offensive line in that. Um, like, I, I, I'd be inclined to go with what you're saying yourself there, Danny. I'd be paying for the offensive line straight away. Do you know, draft the defense. They need to, they obviously need to tie it up. They need to get a corner in the in the draft this year. Whatever is left to them, I, I'd be inclined to go either with, with an offensive linesman or a corner in the first round this year because they need to tie it. Like, Eli Apple, look, I know he made the plays in the previous game. Uh, he made the play, the big play in the in the Tennessee game, but like, sure he was. I saw a thing the other day about um, to know about how he was the first blind player to play the, in the American football. Like he, he went at, like he went totally astray for um, for cups touchdown. Like sure he had the clue where he was. Like they need to go out and get a corner in the draft. But they need to they, they, like this year if they want to be contenders next year they will need to go mm-hmm. in offensive line. Like even with Burroughs' contract, it's two years that they have to maybe, like if they get an offensive line for two-year contracts, I'd just be like, right, if they go all in on now, because at the same time, like having Burrow there, that's going to... That's going to entice defensive or offensive linemen to go there too, just to be able. And like they can just get somebody as a left tackle. They just they they yeah, like you said, like you said, Simon. It's they they need to fix that as well as the cornerbacks. And if they do, then God, the AFC North is going to be fun next year. Oh, it could be great next year. Yeah, absolutely. And even looking at McVay, I think some of his comments after the game was it more exhaustion after a big season. Has been head coach of the LA Rams now since 2017. He said, "We'll see." Uh, to Dylan Hernandez and LA Times. I think it's, you know, the LA Rams organization are trying to bat that away, but he has expressed interest as well. I think um, Simon and Danny, that he wants to go into broadcasting. He wants to start the family. He wants to spend time with the family. You know, the fact that he's now 36, he's achieved an ultimate aim of coaching a team to the Super Bowl. I think that's probably, uh, you know, that could be the intriguing subplot here for the LA Rams to secure their head coach, because if the head coach goes, I think, other guys are definitely going to follow suit. And I think Von Miller, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, is he a free agent uh, this offseason? I'm not too sure off the top of my head there. Um, I'll have a quick look. There's a very good chance he is because t- generally the way these teams work, they are very short-term contracts. Yeah, and I mean, the LA situation as well. I mean, the Dodgers, LA Lakers, Anaheim, Angels, you know, various franchises, baseball, and basketball really have ruled the roost in LA for a long time, and I mean, I think it's been great. I think it's great for Goodell and the NFL that Los Angeles is back on the National Football League map here. So yeah, he's a free our- agent. He's an unrestricted free agent, so he can go wherever he wants. Oh, it's funny yeah. when you mention basketball. I, I am I'm having so much fun fun watching the Lakers burn at the moment. Oh, it's bliss. It's absolute bliss. <laughs> Jenny, just, you probably have it up there. What age is Von Miller now? He's 32. I thought he was going to be older than that. Bloody hell, he seems to have been yeah. around forever. Yeah, he's, he's another few years in him. Oh, I mean, 
he has been paid. Like, does he go to get another contract? Like, where does he go? Do you know who has the money for him? Do you know? Might come to New York. Never know. Maybe the Jets, Simon. Would that would that be a nice, uh, shrewd little investment there for Vaughn? You know, the big apple. They all love going to New York and spending money and playing rubbish football. Although I thought it was funny, um, like they were saying, like the uh, how thing how going into this year was that the Bengals were ranked twenty eighth, and I had a quick look and just went, Simon, so, there's a very good chance if 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 things re- if history repeats itself, then you'll be looking forward to a game in Phoenix this time next year because. Oh, yeah, I, I as I said to you before, I think the Jets are in a good position to do something next year, but they will leave me down. Like, but if they draft well, you never know. Like they have money to spend as well. They've got forty-two or three million, I think, to spend. Like, yeah, if they draft well, you never know. But like, do you know? As I said, I think the last uh, like Cincinnati have sixty odd million. Cincinnati really exceeds where they should have been this year. You know, Cincinnati shouldn't have been getting to the Super Bowl. No one gets to the Super Bowl with sixty million in cap space. It doesn't happen. Do you know? Look, hopefully, like, Burroughs seems like like enough kind of a fella. Hopefully, for his sake, they do something. Like, he could have done the need the other night. That could, like... It looked like he did. Yeah, it looked like he did. And, you know, if he was facing into a six-month rehab because the boys couldn't couldn't block for him. Jesus, like, I, I don't know. I, I did. Mean, coming back to, uh, coming back to, to the last season, next season again, or the preseason. I did see a video, or it was, it was one of the drives, and Donald, and he's just basically the guy who was up against. It was, it was, it was, it was like a. Do you ever see the ones that kind of where uh, uh, like an elephant just tosses a hip out of the way? He, oh, he just he just walked him. He just walked him back, and then sacked Burrow as well. Like, it, yeah, there. It, it is one area the Bengals seriously need to work on just to to get. I mean, we've said it before, but just need need to get that sort of too. But they're like you're looking through the league, and like that's this is probably one of the things why the NFL has such a big following just globally too because it's so even or so evenly bad like outside they even they mentioned kind of the Patriots that was just this weird phenomenon that's never going to be repeated like the last couple of years truly have shown how difficult it is for you to do sustainable success because it's like it's such a level playing field the fact that the Bengals can get like imagine somebody in the Premier League being able to do that like that's it just doesn't happen but the NFL because of the way things are set up it is so even and even the fact that we have here, we have a Patriots, Jets, and Steelers fan as well. Like things are so even from that point of view. So many teams have so many questions going into this off season, and God, there's going to be so much written. <laughs> Maybe guys, uh, end of season awards. We'll call it the Hawkeye Side Kickers. Um, end of season awards. Very flashy name. Might go down true because I know the announcements were made. You know, in the lead up to the Super Bowl. Maybe get your take on a few of these. Who would be your best coach, guys? Um, overall. I mean, you have to give it to McVeigh. I mean, the Super Bowl, like it's, it's all you could nearly give it by default, and just because of the pressure that he was under. Um, granted, he had, the, he was able to get the pieces together. McVeigh, like, I mean, aside from that, the one or two who did get the awards, like they were somewhat justified, but the playoffs then kind of showed maybe not. And even for the Bengals to make it, but then the play calling there. Yeah, I'm just gonna give it to Super Bowl winner McVeigh. What about you, Simon? Yeah, I know Vrabel got it, uh, got the, the regular season award. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I, 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 I'd nearly give it, yeah, I suppose you could give it to McVeigh. If, like, if you're giving a head coach award, I suppose you'd give it to him. Um, I suppose defensive coordinator there with the LA Rams, do you know, being able to scheme up. No, I know he had the players to make the schemes and all that kind of thing. Do you know, like... If, you're probably looking at him. Yeah, I suppose I suppose you'd have to give it to McVeigh. It's no one really sticking out to me other than that. Nope. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm a romantic at heart here, guys. Valentine's the weekend just ended. So I'll probably give it to Zach Taylor, to be perfectly honest. I think no way in hell anyone would have predicted since he had Bengals to get this deep into the playoffs. I think, I think he was part- favoured to get sacked first. <laughs> yeah, I think that was good money this time last year. I, I heard there was a few things about um Chase and Burrow, but Taylor was the next protocol if things didn't go well for the head coach that'd be out of a job after week five so i'll probably go zach taylor just but as you say yourself maybe the calling at the end particularly the three and out before the game went and drive i think that should be sticking uh with the bengals head coach there for a bit during the summer um defensive player of the year guys actually i thought donald was going to win defensive player of the year being completely honest given what he did in the playoffs um 
I'll put it uh, like the best way I would do it. He can have the Super Bowl wing ring. I'm gonna say yeah, Watt. He like the one thing you can say with TJ Watt though is he did create some crucial turn. Healthy, like he nearly got. He had the Steelers fans thinking we could win in Kansas City with the intercepts or just with the way he was playing. Like he was a monster throughout the entire year. And I am gonna be biased. I'm just gonna say Watt from that perspective. But I think yeah, Donald's. I mean, Donald's once in a generation player. He's going to be looked at and he's going to be compared to the greatest that there's ever been. And if anything, yeah, hell, Donald, never mind what. I was all Donald was going to be. I know he can't, like, I mean, what's good, but Donald's given the position he's in and now he's just changed the game. The fact that when teams are going up against the Rams that they had to go, right, what are we going to do to stop 99? You have to say Donald. It's 99, isn't it? <laughs> I go for Donald. I do know, I always think there's a bit of a flaw in the way that the NFL do their, you know, in the season awards as, as far as I know they do the voting between the end of the week 17 and the start of the playoffs so they get the voting done in that week do you know like I suppose even when you think of it from a GA point of view do you know when it comes to all-star teams and things like that it's nearly always weighted on the last game or two at the end of the year I, I, I yeah sometimes I think that you know like you have your regular season players but sometimes that they, like the regular season teams can be our players can be playing in dodgy enough divisions and things like that and they can look to pee or look to park like i know aaron Rodgers got the mvp for the for, for the league this year but you know like when you look at the playoffs after you wouldn't have given it to him um so yeah i i'd, I'd agree with danny there i'd, I'd say aaron donald like obviously what had a great season but uh yeah i i think donald is an exceptional player and i think the league will be missing uh will be an awful lot less Lesser if uh, if he does go away and retire over the uh, over the off season. I'll probably go against the ground. I think TJ Watt had a superb season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's fascinating. It's the fourth defensive player of the year award from the NFL honors list that's gone to a Watt brother in the last ten years, which I think is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, again, Matthew Michael Straton's uh, single season sack record as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's been an interesting. Uh, that was an interesting kind of uh, area. Um, I suppose we go to the QB guys. Um, who, who did you have kind of come the end of regular season playoffs? Uh, Simon, Mike, start with you first. Honestly, look, I I, I said I said it there a couple of weeks back. I didn't regular season. I, I I was a big Aaron Rodgers man. Um, but that that that's um that playoff game was a complete disaster. And like he has to show. I know the special teams went against him, but he has to shoulder a, a fair share of the blame himself. Um, like in in the regular season, he was fantastic. Even when he had his bit of a lull with the COVID, you know, I think we all and it was definitely Green Bay fans appreciated what they had when they saw what the alternative was for the, for the week or two that he was off with the COVID. I'd um, like just question marks what he's going to do with himself. As Danny said, we have a great off season in front of us. Like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to stay up in Green Bay. I'd say he'd retire rather than going back with a team that won't be contenders next year. You know, so like. From the point of view of regular season quarterbacks, go for Rodgers. Postseason, probably Joe Burrow. Do you know, like he he did. I know I I've I've said I'm a big fan of Stafford, but like Joe Burrow exceeds what an awful lot of expectations there would have been of him in um in the postseason. So yeah, I'd probably mention him. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly to come back to player of the year, isn't he, Joe Burrow? Mm. After that knee injury, his rookie mm-hmm. season. Um, but uh, Danny, uh, thoughts there? Um. um I'd have to say Brady, and I just given like for the age he's at, for him to have been top in the stats in so many areas, for it to have been one of his, it was his best year ever, wasn't it? Passing, I mean, and sorry for bringing up the game against the Jets, but the the final the final drive he did there, that's the definition of him, and he nearly did it again against the Rams. I mean, for him to retire, for him to retire, he is the greatest to ever play the game, and for him to retire at that level as well. I mean, he was what only two games away from going back to his eleventh. Super Bowl was at 11 or 12th. He was going to go for like, yeah, just, I think, and during the playoffs as well, I think, yeah, I'd say Brady just from that perspective. I think if I'm looking for quarterbacks for the next one, I mean, if Josh Allen can replicate what he did in these playoffs, I mean, good God, the level he was at. I mean, has a quarterback ever played as faultless as he had and still lost? I mean, if, for the level, if he can keep that level up and if he can keep progressing from there, I mean, this year, I think it is, we've seen the evolution or just the, it's the introduction of the next generation with Burrow, with Allen, with those kind of quarterbacks coming through as well and kind of with the retirements. But I'm saying quarterbacks, yeah, Brady and just with Allen in the postseason, what he did, I mean, he couldn't, he, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, wasn't it in the, was it in the, the Patriots game? Was it, he said they, he had more touchdowns than the Patriots at drives. I mean, 
you can't ask for a more perfect perfect performance than that. I think Alan is just somebody to look forward to over the next while. It's going to be so much fun. I completely agree there. Uh, I suppose we conclude conclude this with um, offensive player of the year from your you know excluding quarterbacks here. Who, who do you feel uh, was kind of your kind of standout pick? Sure, sure. Like it's it's obviously going to be Cup Cup mm. had a fantastic season. This is a fellow that was a third round draft pick. Like when you look back on it, like that that was an amazing to pick him up in the third round and what he has turned into since. Like he's an amazing player. Um, he he pulled that team kicking and dragging for that last drive last day. Like when you when you compare when McVeigh was in that last drive and they had that fourth and one, like he he gave the ball to Cup on the end round and like if that play goes against you, you look desperately foolish and you probably lose the Super Bowl. But he was paying, putting full trust in his best player. You know, he was getting the ball into his best player's hand. And his best player did the job for him and did the job for him all the way up the field and got the touchdown in. Uh, but that was all year. Cup, Cup is a fantastic player. Playing out the slot on a lot of occasions. It, some of the touchdowns he got during the year were absolutely fantastic. Like, he's a great player. As I said, deadly value in it as a third-round draft pick. Um, it shows that you can pick these fellas up. You don't have to go out in free agency picking these fellas up. If, if you're savvy in the draft, you can pick, you know, you can do the job. But uh, yeah, I, I, I thought he was offensive player of the year. And yeah, look, God knows the way the Rams are going to go, but at least they have one position tied down for the time being anyway. Exactly. Uh, Danny? Um, if I had to pick just going throughout the year and how he progressed, how he developed and turned into just an absolute force in nature, given how at the, before, in the, just in preseason, he was struggling to catch and see the ball. I think Jamar Chase, I mean, my God, have has a rookie ever been able to do what he what he has when he was getting like he he went from this guy seems good to this guy is really good to the reason the Bengals got to where they were is kind of borough strategy of I'll just throw his direction he's going to catch didn't he have to be accurate it just had to be in his vicinity and like even in, in the soup like in the game the other day he, he almost pulled it out again I mean he ran rings around Jalen Ramsey and Ramsey's one of the most kind of elite like not quite Revis Island cornerbacks but he's still one of those players who would shut down anybody's up against but chase i mean for the for the entire year i know cup had an incredible season but for your first year rookie um wide receiver to do that and just to see him linking up with burrow after the lsu days as well like this year really did show how good that lsu team was that won the national championship i don't think that like for for all the years the crimson tide have won titles None of their teams have ever been able to have the impact that this group has had on the on the NFL in such a short period of time. Like I'd have to go with Chase, and a lot of that has, has to do with the fact as a Steelers fan and even seeing them against the Ravens, he just tore every single team to pieces in the in the AFC North too. And he, unfortunately, I can see him doing it for a, a significant period of time too because the Bengals. There was a lot of questions about should they have gone after another wide receiver, but they've got. They, they like if you're looking at the player rookie of the year like what he did Mika Parsons as well for the Cowboys rookie core, um, linebacker you knew he was special even preseason looking at the documentaries but yeah I'm, I'm just going to have to go with Chase and that might just be showing my division bias there because we're going to be facing him and losing to him a lot over the next few years <laughs> yeah I think it was incredible numbers off Chase given given his rookie year wasn't it I mean 1,455 receiving yards 13 touchdowns on 81 receptions so it was but yeah, I'll go with Cooper Cup. But I think I've mentioned this to you, to you, Danny and Simon as well. The NFL draft, you know, another guy being drafted so deep in a draft comes back and literally produces the highest level. Is the draft all that it's made out to be in terms of the science? You know, the the sprints, the how much you can bench press. You know, can you catch a ball? That sort of thing. It seems as if um, certain certain kind of teams may need to kind of review their NFL. Um, draft strategy i would say after this performance off cooper cup particularly how they could get a guy of that magnitude to be, slip through their net yeah it's it's funny lecture i think i think one of the offensive linesmen from the rams that i can't think of his name he was undrafted like john they picked him up in free or in uh, after uh, as an unsigned um free or whatever you call it uh, undrafted uh, rookie and uh, turned him into something you know like a there's some fantastic players out there. Like they all, they all have athletic ability, but it's just if they land in the right spot. Like you, you take some of those guys, you land them in the wrong scenario. You land them in Jacksonville. You land them in New York. They're out the door in two years, you know. Uh, but uh, no, a couple lands in the right spot, right scheme, and he's some player now. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, I suppose guys looking ahead next season. Um, I know this is very early days. A team that we should be looking out for uh, next season. Just an early uh, tip because I know free agency has only just started. Certain teams have only got back into kind of spring kind of preparations today. I see Buffalo Bills have tweeted and we're away again. You know, they've started preparations. Any kind of outside tip here? I mean, I heard certain pundits go Cincinnati Bengals, but more more on a whim than really a, a definitive. Um, would there be a team looking on the outside uh, here that may have an impact uh, this year? I, I'll take a punt on someone. The Raiders. The Raiders were, on, were only within a, were within a score, score of the Bengals in the playoffs. Had a complete disaster in the middle of the season. Showed unbelievable character at the end. Josh McDaniels comes in there. I know there's question marks over his head coaching ability from his Denver time, but at the same time, he's coming in there. He likes Derek Carr. I'd give, I'd give the Raiders a chance of doing something next year. I know they're playing in a tough division, but at the same time, I think there's question marks over Kansas after this year. If the Raiders get their thing together, and a bit like what happened in LA, you know, where you know their new franchise in, in the city, they got themselves started early and got their quick success. I, I don't know if the Raiders have a similar business model maybe going forward and trying to get a, a win in Las Vegas early doors. Danny, any thoughts? Um, so, like there's, They've been mentioned before, but like if you look at the Denver Broncos, if they sort out quarterback, then yeah, they're, like it's, they're just one of those teams where they're there, thereabouts, and if they were to get quarterback sorted out, potentially. One team I could see crashing and burning would be the Cardinals, just given the the rumors there's been and uh it's it's i didn't even actually realize this i wouldn't be surprised if cliff kingsbury does lose his job pretty pretty early in the season because like they've, they've highlighted year upon year upon year he his um his record when it comes to the business end of a season is absolutely horrendous so i could see the cardinals kind of crash and burn and given the talk around kyler murray at the moment that's that's not a good look for any any team. And even like when Kingsbury got the job originally, there was a lot of discussion about how did this guy get the gig? Um, like it's and even when you're when you were trying to even when you mentioned Mark, you're trying to pick a team and you're looking at this just going bloody hell because there is going to be so much change. Like one one or two key things could happen, but you're like you're looking at even with the Broncos, like the capital they got, say through trades, etc. Like if they do get quarterback fixed, but there's a lot of teams out there. If they do get quarterback fixed, I mean, I'm looking. If I look at Pittsburgh, if they do go out like this, there's talk of James Winston going to Steelers potentially. But if they do go out and if they do get a veteran quarterback in, like straight away, given the given some of the players that they have on, say the the wide receiving core who are currently there. There's no, there's nothing to say, and given the defense they have, there's nothing to say that they can't push back again. But there's this all this uncertainty. Looking at the Ravens, I mean, I saw Lamar Jackson; he's already back training today. I'm after seeing the, the videos of that too. I mean, the Ravens were the most it, has a team ever gotten the slate of injuries that they did. Now maybe that a lot of that has to do. Maybe Harbaugh has to go back and look at his practices. I mean, I know the Ravens have a very kind of grinding style. But if that grinding style results in you losing two players in one training session and having to then cancel the practice, they they may they may need to review it from that point of view. And like it seems to be the AFC this year, kind of compared to the NBA and the Western Conference, the Western Conference and the NBA is a meat grinder. There's just team. There's so many high caliber teams. I'm looking at the AFC. There's no one standout team who we could see. Like maybe the Chiefs, but like the Chiefs, their their invincibility seems to be somewhat. There's going to be questions around them given the way this season went, but if, if a team was to get one piece right, like if the Broncos get quarterback fixed, they could be a challenge for anybody. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, Danny. I think the Ravens were very unfortunate with the injuries. I think they probably are a very good, solid bet, I think, next season. Um, the only other one that I can probably think of here, and I mean, I think it's very much a, a very much a high punt here, is maybe Miami Dolphins. And it's just purely on, you know, their mid-season form. I know it's mm. kind of patchy, but you're dependent on... I've, I've rubbished the NFL draft, but, they're, you know, to get various guys from college system into the scheme to recruit wisely, they may be a team... Because I, I see New England definitely on the way in. I'm a Patriots fan. I don't see... I think there's an end of an era here after that Buffalo Bills loss. We wish. <laughs> well, you know, but... Uh, yeah, maybe that's an outside bet, but uh, I think yeah, I think 
Baltimore maybe and I think the FC West looks stacked as well doesn't it mm-hmm. you know various charges I think Broncos probably work in progress and as I say guys so many intriguing plot lines with free agency quarterback positions players looking to move on retirement stuff like that and all that to look forward to in the offseason yeah. I would have mentioned the Chargers, but the Chargers seem to have just this incredible knack of being able to shoot themselves in the foot. And I think everybody's just going to enjoy watching the Cowboys. They'll get the 10, 11, 12 wins, full of vibe, full of energy, and get knocked out in the first game of the playoffs. And McCarthy will still probably still be head coach. So, hey. Exactly. Uh, just, just on what you said, Danny, about Kingsbury, I saw a stat there recently. In If you look through his professional career or in the pros and when he was in college, is it something like if you t- after the first seven games of the season, his record eight. Is, is it eight? Is it eight losing years? Once he goes through the last five or six games, yeah. he's had losing seasons in eight of them. So he, his his record is something like one in, and four is his average record. Yep. After the first seven games of any season, it's ridiculous. Like which is why I could see him losing the. I mean, granted, with the the Kyler Murray stuff at the moment, you're just going whoa. Like it's it, the fact that it's the organization that's saying it. And like a lot of people are saying, like a big thing behind it is his big contracts coming up soon, and they're kind of going, oh, they they don't want to pay it, and you're going, oh, like the the Cardinals went into this year with a lot of vibe and energy around them, and this season, it's amazing how quickly things change. Yeah, where does he end up? They're back in the baseball field. He could. Won't be with Oakland though. They look like they're going out of there. So. Yeah, yet another franchise looking to move on. So, all to look ahead. Guys, this has been a lengthy one. We haven't even mentioned Eminem, halftime show. And <laughs> he may have been tired or he may have just taken a knee. We just don't know. Don't know if he's shoot. But, uh, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure the last few weeks to really kind of look through the AFC, NFC playoff picture. Really enjoyed your company, Danny and Simon. Again, Danny, do you want to give yourself a social media plug uh, while you're here anyway? Yeah, sure. Um, so if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's Danny E. D. O'Brien, similarly on Instagram. Um, I've had Mark on once or twice recently for pre- pre- previewing the Six Nations. It's going pretty on track for Ireland so far, my predictions for it. So, um, yeah, if you want to check that out, 10 to 11 Saturdays, I go through sports ranging literally from Tai Chi to MMA to American football to rugby. So if you want to check that out, by all means do. Great stuff, Danny. And Simon, uh, I was told, a social handle or something. Yeah, Mark, the first night I was with you and you asked me for that. My and phone I, number is... <laughs> I, I, I was just... I, just said, I, was, I was from North Cork in Tullys and, you know, a fella said it to me. He goes, it was as if I was saying, if you want to contact me, stick it in the post. <laughs> Stamped address envelope to P.O. Box. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, no, guys, absolute pleasure anyway. We'll wrap it up here. And, uh, yeah, I think with US Collegiate Football coming to Dublin and various NFL, so we'll definitely catch up then. But, uh, oh, free yeah. agency is going to be fun. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely, guys. Thanks thanks for your company anyway. And look, might do this again pre-season and thanks. run through over the NFL then. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles and reports. <laughs>